Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down in the show notes. You will see our link to our Gumroad store if you'd like to help keep the podcast ad-free and want to support uh, the efforts that we do on this show and all the help we, we try to bring to everybody. And, and that would be really good if you could go there and check that out. Today is part two of our interview with Christina Gardner. And last one, we talked about the book seeds, the really mm-hmm. cool kind of unit study focused short, nibbly, week or two long um, literature kind of wrapped around with some, you know, nature and science and art and all these fun activities. very neat. Today we are going deep dive into the curriculum that we are currently doing right now with her um, that we have loved. We've we've been putting out, you know, our videos on that and, and, and talking about that here on the podcast. And today we had an actual opportunity to talk to Christina Gardner about the prehistory curriculum if you guys are thinking about doing it, if it's something that's interesting to you, you've heard us talk about it and you really, you're really you just on the fence, I think this interview with her in the, the next you know half hour or so will, I think it will sell you on, on you know picking up this curriculum and putting it into the yeah. rotation. Um, for, for us, it's been, I think we said at the end, um, you know, w- without any caveats or anything, it's been my favorite curriculum that I've done so far. And I know we're about halfway through, um, but it's been the most enjoyable one that we've done so far. Uh, just in the in yeah. its comprehensive coverage, the book selection, the fun um, uh, built around this, and the fact that it's a science curriculum, something that's really interesting to me. Um, you know, doing literature is great, but this has felt like a really great breath breath of fresh air, and I think it's really stimulated my science background. And also, it's been really enriching not only for my kids but also for me as well as an educator. Yeah, we have learned so much through doing this curriculum. Absolutely, and, and we're only halfway through. But the things that we've learned so far, it's really supplementing our our own education mm-hmm. as children that was a little bit gappy. Yeah, I mean, there was there was some gaps there. Yeah. So uh, this has been really helpful. We appreciate all the care and attention that she yeah. put into this, and so we were excited to get to talk with her and kind of dive in in depth as she's getting ready to do this with her kids yep. for the second time again and kind of ask some some of our burning questions about using the curriculum. So uh, we really enjoyed this. And uh, without further ado, here is Christina Garner from Blossom and Root. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we are so excited to jump into prehistory with you. We're like halfway through. We're in the Cretaceous, right? We are. We have just today. We we draw a giant stegosaurus on the ground, and uh, I came home from work, and there is a, our entire driveway is a stegosaurus. I was like, "Well, that's 30, homeschool." 30, Everyone in the entire neighborhood knows we homeschool. Thirty feet long, fourteen feet high, totally to scale. And right, we, you got the you and got we, the, and we uh, got the walnut brain, and then 
the, the backup the backup butt brain as the kids called it it was it, it was in one of the videos <laughs> it was that was in eons. It, it, yeah no nah, it yeah. was the other it, yeah what was the eon yeah it was in the eons video yeah i remember so that have, one <laughs> we have a, so we have a giant stegosaurus so we're okay. very much into the prehistory as our listeners know so yes. tell us like what drove you to create the curriculum what was the motivation behind it there there were a couple things um one is i used to teach kindergarten and my kindergartners were always obsessed with dinosaurs specifically. And I always had kind of a hard time finding resources that I loved for it. Um, I'd find like a book or maybe a video, but nothing comprehensive that actually broke it down for them. Um, but the bigger motivating factor was when I was writing Wonders of the Animal Kingdom for level three, I was really enjoying the process. I was very into it. And then I was I was like, <laughs> we're forgetting like this massive amount of animal life because we're starting with now and we really need to like make room for all this history of animal life. But how can we do that and fit it in with this already packed curriculum? Because level three animal science is packed. Like it took us over a year to get through it and we're still not done. We oh, saved no. the, um, the, ecosystems section for to come back to later just because we ended up spending so much time there. So my solution was, well, I'm going to write an, an extension unit for it. And people can do the extension unit before they do level three zoology. They can do it in the midst of level three zoology. They can do it completely separately way, way before or way, way after. Um, and I tried to make it so that it was um, small enough to fit in the summer mm -hmm. um, as the 13 lessons. Yeah. So for uh, for us, we're doing it as a precursor to starting ancient civilizations, which starts with like Ooh. Stone Age. So we were like, why not start from the beginning? And then <laughs> we're going to go all the way through. So we kind of looked at it that way, but we were just talking about it's so much uh, more science based than we were expecting, which is such a delight because it's really hard to find um, curriculum with lots of literature that also has such a strong science component. But also talking, it's like you think prehistory, you think dinosaurs, but there's so much more to yes. it than just dinosaurs i mean dinosaurs is your i think you have five like wonders yeah. well you have five wonders right in the middle but then it's like oh but there's four billion years here and then there's another 65 million years right. over here that are really important and it's like it's just felt very complete and totalizing and even from a the educator standpoint you know there's so many things that we've gone into this uh, on a weekly basis that I didn't even know about that. Oh I, yeah. I, we joke about this all the time. There's like a huge gap. I told him yeah. we've been joking Love about that. this, like literally from, I, I have a full public school education and he has a full private school education. And both of us were like, I don't mm, know anything about these bang, dinosaurs, meteor people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and but there's all this amazing, there's a lot more to it than that. There, you know? All the fungi, I'm oh. obsessed with fungi. and plants and all these earlier animals. I mean, they're so weird and cool. And it's just amazing to see how they evolved into what we recognize now, you know? Well, right. Yeah. You, you know, so you think cool. about the whole like, uh, you know, fish, things in the water. And then at some point they climb on land and then they're dinosaurs. Like, like it's like a snap, you know? And yeah. so this curriculum has been has such been. a learning experience yes. for the entire oh, family. So happy. It has been great. It has been great. It really has. So when a, when a family, looks at this right they're going to be a little bit surprised because it's not just dinosaurs there is a lot here right. <laughs> you know and, and there's a lot of activities and and i love that they're broken out oh, yeah. you know we've we've talked to people about this there's you know for the minimalists just read the books for people who love books for people who love art people who love outside and stem yeah. and 
how do you recommend that families approach all the activities? Do you, should they do them all? Should they just take no. what they want or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it would be really hard to do all the things for this particular curriculum, especially with all the videos and books too. Um, I think the best thing to do is first of all, think of your, what your goals are and also think about what works for your child and what's going to engage them and excite them and bring things home when you're picking out the activities in particular, you know, is your child, my, I have one daughter who really loves to do art and modeling. So all the models are what she was really into the last time we did this a couple of years ago. And my other daughter, she thrived on um, hands-on, like touching the actual fossils. She liked going on every field trip and under the sun, which was really easy to do in Colorado. That might be a little harder this time around. Um, and she also liked anything that tied in with, she loved doing like the the photo shoot with the little model dinosaurs. She loved anything involving seeing things to scale and measurements. And so I tried to honor both of their learning styles and pick activities that I knew would resonate with them. And the stuff that I was like, you know what, this is really fun, but I don't think they're going to get much out of it. I skipped it. Mm -hmm. So definitely not trying to do all the things. I think that would be really hard on you as the educator and on them. Mm -hmm. It's um, so hard. So I have such FOMO. I know. Yes. I know. I that is, it is hard. It is. Wow. And, and I want to always do all the things. And then I'm like, that's not realistic. Let's take what we think we're going to do and cut it in half. Cause that's the way it usually goes. Do, do you recommend the same thing with the books as well? You have a wonderful book list, but yes. then you have all these supplementals and sometimes people can see like, oh, I, I got to read 30 books this week, you know, and yeah. how, how, how would you recommend people approach that? I've kind of well, developed give, my own my own method, but how how do you anticipate people to do it? Well, we give a lot of different options for several reasons. Some options are going to speak more to some families than others, and then some might be more available to some families than others. So I want to give them options so that it's easy for them to find at least one good source to pull mm -hmm. from. Um, if you're a very booky family that likes to do a lot of books, you can definitely lean into, into that a little bit more. But if you're not you know, stick with the minimalist book and do more videos if that works better for you. Um, I know you did want to ask me about the recommended dinosaur book. There's two books. There's the dinosaur book and dinosaur exclamation point. If you like, oh, they're there's just exactly the same name. <laughs> they are. And they're both <laughs> fabulous, which we well, have our opinions. They're both TK. Right? I know they're both Smithsonian. They I have the same author, I think too. Yeah. We, we have our own opinions, but if one, <laughs> if a family was only going to buy one inquiring minds want to know which one, which one, Okay. I think it's going to, like so many things, it's going to depend. Now, the one that we recommend as the sign, so the, the number one book, if you're not going to buy any other book, this is the one, is usually the default is the dinosaur book, DK Smithsonian, the dinosaur book. Yeah. Um, this is the one we designed with the curriculum. We designed the curriculum with this one in mind. And the reason is because it breaks the dinosaurs into groups of similar traits. And I think that just makes it easier mm -hmm. for kids to see the connection mm -hmm. um, as things. If, okay, well, these all have the longer necks. Okay, well, these ones all have the hard heads and these ones. Um, I think it just helps categorize this massive amount of different animals <laughs> into yeah. groups that can be organized. That being said, if you're a family who really wants to focus more on the timeline part and really needs them to be organized that way, like, okay, we're looking at the Triassic animals. Okay, we're looking at the Jurassic animals. In that case, if that's really important to you to have it grouped that way, I would recommend dinosaur exclamation point instead. 
This is almost exactly what we said, by the way. So I feel like it's organized that way. (laughs) There's also another one that what's the black one we have now, the black book. Oh, that's, that's a, just, that is another DK. And it is also called dinosaur Dinosaur something. It's a black book, but it's black and it's It's, for older kids, but it's more in line. It's more in line. Yeah. Yeah, It's more in line with dinosaur exclamation point where it breaks everything up by period. Yes, by the time we period. got it just to look at from the library because I was like, "Are you kidding?" There's another one from the <laughs> same people. <laughs> <There's> so many. <laughs> They're all so good though, and we've really enjoyed yeah. the different books. And we've that's added cool. a few uh, like that. Choose your own adventure. Can you survive Jurassic? And that's yeah. been kind of fun. Some fun. some fun stuff. So, so, so you you alluded to the time period, and now the timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going through prehistory, can be very daunting to mm-hmm. convey to children because it's even hard for you know, us to wrap around, you know, our head around this little planet going around the sun a million times. Yeah. And, it, and and then to do that a billion times, it's just, it's hard to really even wrap your head around that. How do you suggest that parents, you know, approach that? Do you paper on the wall thing or inches on a chalkboard type of thing? Like what's the best way that you've seen to convey that? Because as an adjunct to that is under undergirding that is the idea of evolution and that, that they, right. they're kind of coupled together and understanding that process takes a long time. And so yeah. how, how would you suggest? <laughs> well, I would say if you're working with younger, um, the younger end of the spectrum, I would stick with moving through the, the time, like, okay, we're in, you know, the carboniferous now, and now we're in this one. And now we're in this one and sticking with the, the names of that time, um, rather than the dates of that time so that they start to see at least that we're shifting from one period into another period, into another period, moving forward. Um, and not so much worrying about the dates because that concept, the date concept, is going to be really, really hard for most younger students to wrap their head around. It's just too abstract. Now, as they get older, add in those dates so they can start understanding that. But even then, the concept of billions and millions of years, that's huge numbers. That's really hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. So I would say um, one of my favorite things, and I've seen lots of people using our curriculum with this approach, but they'll build like like a timeline on a hallway or a stairwell or up a wall. Um, I like the hallway because you can put it low, <laughs> like kid eye level, <laughs> and it covers this long space. So they can kind of start connecting the length of time with the length of the space. You can leave off the the dates, like I said, for younger children and organizing it by the title of that time period. And then adding in images of the animals, like we include them in the, the parent guide. You could print those right off and stick them under the appropriate time. Um, you can add in notes that you've written down, or if your child's a little older, they can take the notes about things that you would have seen during that time and stick them on their sticky notes even. Um, and I think that's a really good opportunity to start demonstrating note-taking and organizing information as you're taking it in and showing them, you know, oh, well, we can collect images and we can collect quotes and we can like, we can just collect notes that we write on our own and, um, and stick them. And so you have like, almost like a collage going down your hallway of all these different time periods. And they can kind of see visually how things are going to shift from one into the other. And I think most, most children do respond really well to that visual um, element. So I would say, Younger children, leave off the dates, stick with the names, um, and then organizing a combination of words and images beneath each category as you're moving forward in time is probably the best approach for most elementary students. 
So you, you mentioned the younger age range. What kind of range would you recommend for this? I think, I think that's going to depend. I mean, I had kindergartners who knew more names of these animals and could say them correctly than me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think some kindergartners, first graders, and even second graders might be like, that's a lot for me. So (laughs) I think it's going to depend on your child. Um, We wrote it with a third grade audience in mind because it's supposed to correspond with level three. But that being said, like I said, if you have younger children who are really interested in that, they might soak it up. And if you have even much older children, sixth and seventh graders, they could definitely resonate with the material in it. So again, it can be adapted to work for a huge range of ages. Like you can really lean into those PBS eons videos with the older learners and some of the books that we recommend with the older learners. But with the younger learners, you might just have one book that's your reference point. Maybe watch one video with each lesson and stick with more hands-on activities, field trips, that kind of thing. Well, well, we are doing it from first grade to adult. So that's our age. And and we've got a tag along three and a half year old who's who's nibbling along the way. Yes. Who loves the Eons videos. Loves them, Uh, Which goes right into it. The Eons videos. They play a huge piece of the kind of the audio visual element Mm -hmm. of the curriculum. What drew you to these videos and who is your favorite character? The guy, the girl, or the tall guy with glasses? I can't choose my favorite. There's the one Probably guy. Probably the tall a, guy with glasses. He, he, the one guy talks really, really fast. There's a tall guy with the glasses, and then there's the girl. And I like the girl. The girl's the girl, cool too. Yeah. He's cool, yeah. The guy who talks really fast is like, he feels like he's like talking at one and a half speed or something. Well, and I actually slow down the speed on our videos when we're watching his. You know, you can do that on the, the YouTube. Yeah, on the YouTube you, yep. yeah, on the little gear thing. I actually have to slow his down. I know which one you're talking about. But what drew me to them originally was the fact that it's high quality content. Um, they have a massive collection and they dig into all the cool stuff that everybody else forgets. So they have all these little micro topics and micro topics within micro topics about plants and, you know, chemical things like the atmosphere, what was in the atmosphere at that time and all these events that everything else seems to skip over gets like center stage in their videos. They have their own videos just about the most small, like neat little things. And so I was really drawn to PBS Eons just because it paints a much bigger picture. I think there's this tendency when you're approaching prehistoric life um, with younger learners to focus on either dinosaurs or the ice age or a combination of both of those. And all this other stuff kind of gets looked over. Absolutely. Um, so I, I loved PBS Eons because they brought attention to all those really cool topics that usually get kind of glanced over and skipped. And and they're not very long either. They're all yeah, like anywhere nice between sure. five yeah. to eight minutes. You can just, yes. you can just take one and just nibble on it and then go and go do an yeah, activity. That was That's, the other thing I liked. Yeah. yeah. And, and the product, and you're right. The production value is just, un, it's mind boggling how, how well these videos are made and the, the yeah. production is just so nice. I, I've, I've enjoyed great every audio one quality. That's important. Good visuals. Yeah. 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 I think that they're terrific and relying on that as the main video. I don't think I could have found all of these and known where to put them if I had even tried to look on my own. Absolutely. We've told people over and over again, that the, the video list and where it goes is worth the price of admission <laughs> because I couldn't figure out exactly how to put all of these in the right yeah. places, but I really appreciated it. Our kids are learning a lot. I come home from work and our daughter runs it. It's just mom. Did you know? She's like, okay, mom, which came first? plants or grass or fish was that it oh, i mean it was like plants or grass or no flowers or grass flowers or like, grass yeah. and i was like i i mean grass and she's like no, no. <laughs> yeah. so, 
it was she's i mean just like you know our kids are getting really into it which i think is is really fun but one of the things that they've been they've been really excited about is all the different dinosaurs i'm still a little bit upset about brontosaurus i have to say i really was always under the impression that brontosaurus was a real thing i know my 1980s education told me that brontosaurus was a thing and veggiesaurus lex veggiesaurus right it's like there is there's the brontosaurus. I'm really a little sad. But um, how how do you help the kids with all the names? I mean, brontosaurus is dinosaurs. easy, one, but yeah. How do you, how do you approach dinosaurs? Because the three periods: Triassic, Jurassic, Cretaceous. Yeah. How 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 would you best approach them with all the names and all the time periods? Stegosaurus and Jurassic Park lied to us and said that these dinosaurs are in this period and they're not even in that period. <laughs> right, right. Half the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park didn't even exist until after the movie when they actually dug them up. <laughs> I I think I like personally, I like sticking to the main groups like the sauropods. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I list out all of those in the curriculum, right? Break it down into those main groups so they can really start seeing the similarities and differences between them. And I think when you're doing that, if you're picking like one or two key players out of it to use as the example, mm-hmm. then they're going to start connecting the dots and putting them into those categories themselves as they learn about new ones. And I think you'll find too, at least my experience with kids has been that they are going to outmemorize you every time when it comes to the names of dinosaurs, if they're interested in them, you know? Um, So if you present those groups and say, can you see how these are similar in this way? And these are similar in this way. And these are similar in this way. They're going to start connecting the dots, not only amongst the dinosaurs then, but which ones evolved into which other things later on down the road. So I like sticking to that because it's a little easier to memorize a group of five or six kinds than try to (laughs) memorize this endless name. And we're always coming up with lots, uh, lots of discoveries of new things, too. So it's constantly growing. That must be a real challenge for you creating the curriculum, knowing that they're making discoveries every day. You're like, I'm going to write this and then something's going to be outdated. Well, yeah. And that's, that's something that I kept in mind when I committed to it. I was like, well, we're going to have to update this every couple of years because new things are going to come along, new discoveries are going to happen. And this is going to be outdated, but this new thing will be added. So it's something we're going to constantly be coming back to. And I think that's probably the case for everything I write in one form or another is I'm going to always be like, oh, okay, this cool thing happened. So in our next revision, we're going to put that in there and take this out. But um, I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much too, is, um, you know, it, it was like, as soon as we finished doing this, well, it wasn't as soon, but we finished doing this with my daughters when they were like end of kindergarten and then second grade into third grade, the first time around. And then they found, they dug up something like right down the street from where we lived in Colorado at the time. And it was so exciting and fun because it was like fresh on our minds. And now they're paying attention to every little discovery that comes along because they had their eyes open to that while they were working on the curriculum. And I think that's, that's cool. Like to teach our kids, science is always growing and Mm -hmm. we're always learning more. And I just think that's, I think that's one of the reasons I loved this curriculum so much and loved working on it so much. Well, and a few of your Eons videos to go back to that, they, there were a few videos where they talked about, oh, we, we originally thought it was this. And then we thought yeah. it was this. And now we think it's this. And like, even within that, those videos, those five minute videos, they show you that there's an evolution of understanding and learning. Um, and yeah. that's something I've really enjoyed. I think that makes it feel more present for our kids. Yeah. Like they don't just feel like, oh, well, that's, you know, ancient history. I mean, that's nothing to do with me now. It's like, no, it's it's still going on right well, now. I think it's really important for them to learn that science. Mm-hmm. We're always discovering more and learning exactly. more. And the things that we thought we understood with the best information we had at the time. 
oh, well, now we have this new information. So now we understand it differently or better. And it took it a little bit deeper, maybe showed us where we got it wrong with our guesses, because we're always just working off of what we have available to us at that time, the information that we have. So you did this with your kids when you first wrote it, when they were younger, and now you're going to do it again. What are you going to do differently this time? Are you going to do the same things or now that you've got a nine and 11 year old, maybe approach it differently? I'm so excited to take, um, take this on again. And it was actually by Blake's, my oldest daughter's request. She really, really wanted to do prehistory. And she's been asking for about two years. Can we do that one again? Um, I think she has all these questions now that have been brewing in her mind since we did, um, wonders of the animal kingdom after we finished prehistory. And now she's like, Oh, I want to go back now and learn more about, she kept bringing up prehistoric oceans and she wanted to dive deeper into that (laughs) dive deeper, (laughs) but, um, um, time to read the deeper. So when I did it the first time, when I would read from, um, life, the first 4 billion years, for example, I I would usually, I love it so much. I would usually pre-read kind of summarize. And then I would tell them like my own narration of that page because it was a little long for them at that age and I would show them the pictures but this year now that they're older they can read some of it I can read some of it so it's definitely we can read that book together now and um, the PBS eons videos I would pick like one or two maybe three per lesson last time and this time I know we can go into many many more videos per lesson and I'm giving us permission to take our time more this time too so I think we're just going to be going deeper this time around. I had a follow-up question about that. You know, your 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 learners are old enough to read. Um, yeah. I I am not at that point where my children are reading as part of the curriculum. I mean, they're they're doing a little bit here and there, but um, how much when you approach it the second time when you maybe have you know a reader who can read chapter books and stuff? How much do you peel off and say, okay, go read that or? How, you know, I, I'm really interested just from a from an educator standpoint, how much do you just let them go off and do and then come back to you to report or whatnot? How, how does that work? Well, or how are um, you going my, to do that? My youngest isn't quite, I mean, she's a strong reader, but I don't think she's quite there where I can send her off with a book and say, I want you to come back and give me a narration for this. She's okay. just not quite there yet. I think she's close. I think by next year we might be there. My oldest, I can hand her a book and say, go read this and come back to me and tell me what you took out of it, what you enjoyed, why you didn't like it, you know, like, or just tell me three things that you learned from it. Um, So I'll probably send her off with something. I'm not really sure what I would do that with, with prehistory yet, but um, I do like to do that. Like today I gave her, we're working on engineering right now. And I gave her a max axiom comic book about engineers and told her, hey, come back to me on Friday and tell me something cool you learned from this. So I like to do that with her, but I usually keep it pretty casual because she does a lot of reading on her own just because she likes to read. So I don't want to kind of steal that time from her either. That makes sense. But but as an educator, how, how do you, I, I'm, I'm really asking you questions now. I'm just geeking out on this because um, <laughs> like when you, when you send them off to do something, how do you validate that that you understand the material that they're reading so that you can then understand that they understood it. Does that make sense? I, like, I read it. <laughs> so you read it <laughs> first. I have the you... advantage of I've already read every single thing because sure. I screened it for the curriculum. <laughs> That's not um, probably what most people are dealing with. But I, I think that does depend on you as a parent, too. Okay. Um, I, I think even if I wasn't the one writing the curriculum at this stage in their development, I would be reading it first anyway. Okay. Got it. Um, maybe as they get older. Not so much once they're past a certain developmental point, but mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, and, and that kind of dovetails into my next question. Uh, one of the things you do in the prehistory is you give these great takeaways at the beginning of every wonder. Um, and they're love that. as an educator, because you know, a lot of these, you know, dinosaurs are dinosaurs. We kind of all have an understanding of the dinosaurs, but when you're talking about, we like, thought we did, we thought we did, but we um, didn't. <laughs> when you're doing like Cambrian time or Ordovician time or, or Silurian or whatever. And I don't know anything about those times. And those takeaways were super helpful as an educator to say, okay, I need to make sure that I'm driving home these ideas or, or I can pick from these ideas and then take this as like a main thread for the rest of the week or the, or the, the other, you know, two weeks or whatever it might be. Do you have a takeaway for the entire curriculum for, that you like to, to, you know, have an educator continue to cycle back on as you guys are moving through these time periods? Do you have an overall takeaway for the prehistory yeah, in general? I would say that the main takeaway is that life has always changed and evolved according to the conditions on earth at that time. And it will always continue to change and evolve over time in the future too. I think that's the main takeaway is mm -hmm. to see that, since the beginning, life has changed and adapted, and it will continue to as we march forward as well. And the other takeaway I would say is that we are always learning more about life in the past. And there's like this much to know, and we only know like this much, you know, and so we're always learning. And, and that's what science is about. It's about continuing to ask questions and be curious and make discoveries and learn and, and pull the information that you find into your current understanding and let it inform it. And I think that's a really important part of it too, is just learning that science also evolves as we learn more and find more. So I think those are the key takeaways for this one. I think that's very true. We we had an old dinosaur book from when Matthew was like six and it's still nice. the pages are falling out. And we had a really good time comparing it yeah. to yeah. the same dinosaur and the information we know now. And in most cases, it was, for, it was only 20 years ago when I was a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. For, um, Time for our Time kids, we didn't even have to read the information. We could just look at the picture, the yeah. renderings, the, yeah. the drawing in the old book and the picture now. And our kids are like, those are the same dinosaurs. Like that's how much our knowledge has changed just in daddy's lifetime yeah. about think this how animal. much it's going to change in the next 20 years, 30 exactly. years. Right. Yeah, so cool to we, think about it. Especially when we hit, we clone them and we have a park that we can go. Yeah. Visit. So <laughs> we really encouraged our listeners. If anyone found an old dinosaur book that was at like a library sale, something like yeah, pick it up really because yeah, you know, it, it made a real impression upon our kids to see two different books and, and see the change. And one of the and it's that really I've funny if you look at ones from a couple of decades like oh, before yeah. our time. Those Way are really fun. <laughs> uh, one of the things that really stood out to me is the three D renderings, the artwork that are layered through some of these more modern dinosaur books, I think are, mm -hmm. I think are just so important to, you know, bring forward the idea of the dinosaurs or idea of what these animals look like. I have a question. I'm, you, mm -hmm. you, you may have watched it. Um, the prehistoric planet that just came out yeah. on Apple plus, have you watched it? What do you think about it? Matt's totally geeked. We, out we totally geeked out on it. I'm trying to remember if that's the one we watched this last summer where yes. one of the dinosaurs was like dancing. Yes. The little arms. The little oh, arms. that was so much fun. Matt's doing the little really, arms. Y'all can't see it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun to watch. We, I watched it with my girls. We watched it like all in one fell swoop, but it was super, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, we, I enjoyed we, it. <laughs> I, I know they, I know they took some liberties with some of the ideas, but they, yeah, they, they, they it was best guesses. Yeah, the little arms, our our little one today. Our we have our in law, my in laws are her parents are here today, and the, our little one, three and a half year old, was running up and down saying, "You got to watch this video of the little arms, the dancing arms <laughs> with the dinosaur." Her parents were like, "What is she talking about?" I go, "Sit down. I'm going to show you something." <laughs> 
and in 10 minutes you will understand everything that she's talking about but it's yeah. okay it's for homeschool it's, it's homeschool it's technically school it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> no well, i remember blake when we watched that that particular scene she said it reminded her of birds because we had yes. learned about how birds do their little courtship dances certain birds do and she it reminded right. her of that and i was like yeah yeah that makes sense. Totally. Right. There's, there's totally these through line connections. I think it's so great. And I, I love the the takeaways that, you know, things are always changing. And then then for our kids to see their part of that timeline too. The unbroken yeah. chain, the unbroken chain going all the way back to the precambrian. It's, it's the, I've been driving home the idea that life survives that it just always is, is perpetual. It's tried to be snuffed out a couple of times, but it's always sticks around. It's an amazing thing. Um, Thank you so much for oh, sitting down and talking to us about prehistory. This has been one of the, I have to, I have to admit this, one of the most enjoyable curriculums we've been through so far. We've Absolutely. done a compliment. Thank you. you. Know, we've, we've done a lot and this one has been very enjoyable. I think it, because it tickles my science brain and it's, yeah. it's one of the first ones that I'm, we're treating as like a science literature combo. And it's been refreshing to be in a sciencey type of environment and also be covering literature and doing the education. And that's been something that's been very enjoyable to me as like, you know, as a physicist, engineer, you know, it really, it really stimulates those juices and, and the excitement there. So for, for me as an educator, and also, I think also for my kids, it's been one of the most enjoyable ones we've done. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. So much. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you for being on today. Yep. And we'd love to talk to you again sometime. Yeah. So I'm good on your schedule. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. This is so fun. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!